The Red Sox's struggles continue against AL East teams as they are swept by the Tampa Bay Rays in three games. But things are not going to get any easier as not only the injuries continue to pile up, but they'll now gear up for a three-game series against the AL East leader and their rival, New York Yankees, ahead of the All-Star break. We'll not only break down everything that happened in the Rays series and also preview the Yankee series, but much more in this episode of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast, and thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Massachusetts Pirates team insider, Jakey Mizuski. And boy, it has been really tough for these Red Sox over the last few weeks. Not only has the injuries been piling up, but things have just been not going their way in terms of just game decisions. It seems like, uh, you know, each and every single day, somebody is either getting COVID or placed on the uh, injured list. And it's just really making it difficult for the Red Sox to have reliable guys, not only on the mound, but also in the lineup as well. You know, a, a lot of of the replacements that they had come up from Worcester are, are even being placed on COVID IL, like Josh Winkowski most recently. But we'll be talking about that a little bit more later on in the episode. But I want to start off by talking about this tough Rays series. The Sox ended up getting swept by the Rays, which, which it's, it's really tough. Um, how both of them were tied up in the AL East and the, the Sox just continue to go down in the standings as we saw in June they they were making a run to continue to gain ground against the Yankees you know e- even though the Yankees are just rolling in this first half and uh it didn't matter how good the Red Sox were doing they they just didn't seem to get any ground on them um it was nice to see them starting to really get into a groove but now with all these injuries starting to pile up uh, we're starting to really see them struggle badly and starting off with uh, talking about game two they lost four to one and we saw Shane McClanahan for the Rays show exactly why he's one of the best lefties in the game this season the Sox offense was only able to muster five total hits in this game and ended up striking out eight times and Their defense also had some major issues, sort of what we saw uh, in Chris Sale's season debut in game one of this series. They they just made some defensive errors. It it honestly looked like a circus out there, sort of like a joke, quite honestly. It was was really difficult uh, to watch and, you you know, not put your hands in your face and just shake your head in in disbelief. But, uh, you know, we saw Josh Winkowski go out there, pitch Six innings, allowing four hits, three earned runs, walking two batters, and striking out five. He did allow a home run to Taylor Walls, which was his fourth of the season. We also saw Jake Diekman come in for the seventh inning, pitch one inning, uh, allowing one hit, one earned run, and walking two and striking out one. But uh, this was just a really tough game to watch with how lacking the offense was throughout the game. We saw McClanahan really take advantage of the edges of the strike zone. 
and just really make it difficult for the Red Sox to get any hard contact. You know, it, it seemed like anytime the Red Sox made an attempt to get on base or, or was able to get a ball in play, it, it, it seemed like it was very weak contact and they weren't able to find ways to hit a nice line drive into center field to get that nice single, but, um, and, and really string his together as well to score some runs. And uh, the Rays were really able to take advantage of some of the Red Sox's mistakes to help them score four total runs uh, to win the game, ultimately four to one uh, in game two. Uh, but things didn't get any better uh, in game three of this series. It looked good starting off in the first half of this game. We saw Cutter Crawford do a really good job of uh, pitching six shutout innings. Uh, he, he really looked confident on the mound. We, we've seen him time and time again since his most recent call-up really do a good job of coming up big when the Red Sox need him most. And looking like a big league pitcher you know when, when we saw him starting off this past season even when he when uh when, when he's come up a little bit uh prior to this most recent call up he really did not look confident on the mound he was getting hit up a lot uh his control was all over the place and, and that really hurt him ultimately giving up a lot of hits which turned into a lot of earned runs which turned into losses for the red sox but um it, it was really nice to see him find ways to get out of jams. We, we saw that happen uh, in the second inning. It was second and third, uh, and, and he was able to get out of it, forcing a ground ball to get out of the inning. But uh, we saw his stuff be really nasty throughout this outing. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember this uh, one strikeout they had against Choi. It was a nice curveball on the inside part of the plate and uh, just made him look silly. And he did a really good job of finding ways to pinpoint pitches on the edges and, and not allow the Rays to make really any hard contact until we saw um, things kind of blow up in the seventh inning. But I'll talk about that in, in a second. Uh, he did have some trouble in some parts of this game with his control. We saw him fill up the count multiple times. Uh, luckily, it didn't ultimately hurt him that much, uh, but just something that especially if uh, things did not go his way. You know, if the umpire was calling pitches uh, that were a little bit close, we, we could have seen a lot more walks than we did outs uh, in this Cutter Crawford outing. But it was really nice to see him uh, through the first six do a really good job of getting outs against this very good Rays lineup. And we saw in the seventh, things started to sort of blow up, which ultimately helped the Rays take the lead. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit on the edge of why did Cora allow Crawford to stay into the seventh, you know, with this being a career high in innings for him, this is the most amount of innings he's ever pitched in the MLB. And uh, especially with what you think about with a young pitcher, you don't want a lineup to see him three times because then they'll be able to understand his pitches a little bit more. They'll figure out ways to take advantage of him a little bit more. But Cora said where we were bullpen wise, we were a little bit limited and he was throwing the ball well. So we rolled the dice on him and he was able to retire 10 batters in a row leading into that seventh inning. But this is when the Rays really started to figure out Cutter Crawford out, uh, which ultimately led to uh, Josh Josh Lowe doubling to drive in the Rays' first run. Then Crawford was taking out for John Schreiber, and this was the first time Schreiber actually looked human. This is the first time where he got hit up a little bit and wasn't dominant on the mound because we've seen since Schreiber has been 
caught up to the MLB. He's looked very comfortable, sort of like a veteran bullpen pitcher, and has really made batters look silly, but really got roughed up in this one. We, we saw Taylor Walls continue his success at the plate against Red Sox pitching, ended up singling a ball in between shortstop and third to score two runs to tie the ball game, three to three, and then sort of a weird kind of play. Schreiber fell off the mound and ended up hitting Luke Riley. And the, the ball seemed pretty wild, but um, especially with Schreiber's sidearm and um, him falling off, I, I understand how the ball sort of carried and ended up hitting uh, Riley, but uh, made me sort of nervous. Kind of held my breath there, especially with how many injuries are piling up for this Red Sox team. Uh Made me very nervous that Schreiber, a guy who has been so reliable for this Red Sox bullpen, has been one of the most consistent bullpen arms for the Sox uh, over the last few months. Made me nervous that that the Sox could have lost him just with how their luck has been rolling over the last few weeks. Uh, but then we saw things continue to get worse uh, for the Red Sox as Yandy Diaz uh, hit a chopper right over Jeter Downs at second base to make it 5-3. to three. G-Man Choi tried to add to this lead with a hit down the line, uh, but Alex Verdugo threw a great relay to Xander Bogards, who ended up throwing a bullet right to the plate to get Yanni Diaz out before he ended uh, before while he was trying to score. And then to end that seventh inning, finally, Schreiber was able to make uh, Harold Ramirez look silly to end the inning uh, as he looked really fooled as the bat ended up coming out of his hand. And he, he, he just, he just really did not come anywhere close to that pitch whatsoever. But looking at the offense for the Red Sox, they ended up scoring their first run in the fourth inning off of a Rafael Devers home run, which is his 20th of the season. And then in the sixth, we saw the Red Sox really start to pile up a lead score three runs in total. Uh, Started off with Jaron Duran singling up the middle. He then ultimately ended up stealing the base to get to second. And then J.D. Martinez walked. And then on a passed ball, uh, that ended up ultimately scoring Jaron Duran, which put J.D. Martinez at second base. Then we saw Bogey smack a double to deep center, which drove in J.D. to make the score three to nothing. And then... In the ninth inning, with the score 5-3, to three, the Sox tried their best to make a comeback in the ninth, but it just wasn't enough. That inning started off with Xander Bogards hitting a single. Then Alex Verdugo came so close. I, I mean, if you, if you took a ruler, that was like, I mean, that could have been less than a foot from being a home run. And you could see on his face, he was just, ah, oh, it's so close, so close. Uh he ended up ultimately uh, getting a double out of that hit and scoring Xander Bogarts. But obviously, if that ball just got a little bit higher and, you know, he was able to hit it over the wall, we would have seen the tie ball game. And, and maybe a completely different outcome of this game. Uh, and, and we wouldn't be talking about a unfortunate sweep for the Red Sox today. But Cora spoke on the sweep. He said, we'll be okay. Um, we played some good baseball today. We put in. We put up some good at-bats. We battled. I know we lost, but compared to yesterday, uh, the last few days, tonight was a better effort. We played some clean baseball, made pitches, obviously one bad inning, but the overall was a much better effort than yesterday. And 
hopefully the sauce can continue this good baseball and clean baseball uh, going into the Yankees series. But they're really going to have to clean things up, uh, not only to end this first half, but in the second half uh, to be able to make a deep playoff run to ultimately hoist the trophy at the end of the seasoning and get one of those rings. Get some of that bling bling. And if you're looking for some of that bling bling uh, right now, go over and check out BlueNile.com. Whether whether you're looking for uh, an engagement ring or just a piece of jewelry for your special someone, uh, Blue Nile is the best place to find find jewelry. They do a great job of having online tools that lets you choose the diamond size, shape, and clarity, as well as the setting style. And, and their bench jewelers will even handcraft the perfect engagement ring or jewelry piece for you. So then each piece of jewelry is one of a kind. And if you're looking for anything specific or having trouble choosing, their experts are on hand 24-7, available by phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift for every single budget. So make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Blocked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. And this podcast exclusive includes engagements. So use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, shipped free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give it away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. And gearing up for this MLB draft we are so excited and want to thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Now make your second listen, MLB Draft Show, which is on July 17th on the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Right after the first round of the MLB Draft, join the MLB Prospects expert Lindsey Crosby and MLB expert Jeff Ellis as they go deep in the future stars of Major League Baseball. Subscribe now to Locked On MLB Prospects so you get notified when they go live on MLB Draft Night. We are so excited to see what the Red Sox in Bloom do to continue planning and building this Red Sox farm system for the future. I've seen this team do a great job uh, in the draft in the past, ever since Bloom has joined the front office. Obviously, we've seen guys like Nick York, Marcelo Meyer, just the, the list continues. So I'm really excited to see which way the Red Sox go this season. But hopefully their luck can start to be a little bit better over, over this last month or so. It's, it's been really tough uh, to see all these updates with injuries continuing to come in over these last few weeks it seems like like i said at the start of the episode it seems seems like there's one every single day and anytime i get some of those notifications whether it's from alex spear chris catello jen mccaffrey it's just so difficult for me not to get frustrated but the most recent guy to be placed on the COVID il is josh winkowski after he made his most recent start just a few days ago against the rays that ended up uh prompting Darwinson Hernandez to be recalled. He's a guy who we have not seen so far this season. He, he's been down in Worcester uh, trying to figure out some of his things out. You know, we, we've seen Darwinson sort of struggle a little bit uh, with control in the past uh, with the Red Sox when he was with the team last season. So hopefully we're able to see a much different Darwinson Hernandez this time around. Uh, he did pitch uh, in yesterday's game. 
uh, and was able to go one inning, striking out two batters. Looked a lot better uh, than than we saw him last season, so hopefully he can continue that. But luckily, Trevor Story will also avoid the IL. Matt Strom is a little bit up in the air. He could still be placed on the injured list if he's unable to play catch uh, today. That was tweeted by Chris Cotillo yesterday. So crossing our fingers that Matt Strom is able to be able to stay on the team, stay healthy, and his hand isn't as bad as some might think. But I was joking around with some friends, maybe – Trevor Story and Matt Strom should just change hands because maybe they should just switch them, you know, just take one off and give one to the other. Cause we saw Trevor Story have an issue. I think it was with his left and Matt Strom with his right. Uh, and it, it's, if the Sox can find a way to make a little bit of a joking manner about this, even though it's not really that funny, uh, it, things are just so bad uh, in terms of injuries right now. All you can really do is just laugh about it. But uh, looking at the current wild card standings uh, after the Red Sox got swept by the Rays, now the Rays hold the first place spot while the Mariners are in second. Tied for third place is the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, while the Baltimore Orioles, can't believe I'm saying this, are a one and a half game back in the wild card for that top spot. Pretty crazy to see what the Orioles have been doing throughout this season, especially over these past few weeks, uh, winning as many games as they have, going on that great winning streak. It's really nice to see them having some sort of success after being so bad uh, over this past stretch of time, over four or five years or some odd. But the Sox will look to use the motivation from losing against the Rays and, and having s- such a tough stretch over um, over July against the Yankees. As, as we've seen, they've lost 12 of their last 17 and also against AL East teams, they're 11 and 24. That definitely needs to get much, much better, not only during this last series in the first half, but also in the second half when those AL East series are going to be so critical with how it determines where the Red Sox are placed, not only in the wild card standings, but also in the AL East standings. I mean, obviously, the Yankees have such a big lead in the AL East right now. They're the sure uh, winner of the division, but there's still a whole another half of baseball to happen. You know, we, we saw where the Red Sox were last season at the all-star break, had the best record in baseball, had the, uh, you know, we're, we're first in the AL East. And then things really started to snowball and not go their way whatsoever. You know, we saw them have a whole COVID outbreak sort of like what's happening right now, which is kind of weird. But something similar could happen to the Yankees. We could see them fall off massively. We could see teams like the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays gain some major ground if they start to play bad baseball in the second half. But in order for the Red Sox to gain that ground, they really need to figure out and find success against AL East teams. Uh, And that starts with this next series against the Yankees. Luckily, we'll have some sort of sense of normalcy uh, going into this series. Nathan Valdi will make his first start since June 8th in game one against Jordan Montgomery. Then we'll see Nick Pavetta on the mound against Jamison Talion. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in that game since both pitchers haven't really been performing uh, very well over the last few games. Both will be looking for a bounce-back performance. So we could potentially see a pitching duel there or 
we could see both pitchers blow up or vice versa. It's going to be interesting. You never know what can happen in a Red Sox-Yankees series. And then the two aces are going to be going against each other and Chris Sale against Garrett Cole. That's going to be a really fun one. We already know that it's going to be very loud and electric during that game. But uh, especially with this being the last series for the Red Sox before going into the All-Star break, it's so critical that they end this first half right, especially with them being four games away from being 500. It would be really tough uh, to see this team go into the All-Star break with you know one game over 500, uh, especially if they get swept, knock on wood, against the Yankees. I just hope that they win one game in this series. Uh, I, I could see that happening. You know, it, I, you know, you, you never know what will happen in a Red Sox and Yankees series. Like I said, hopefully the offense can pick things up. Hopefully the bullpen can figure things out. But it's nice to see, uh, you know, Nathan Avaldi back on the mound. I'm very curious to see how he does uh, coming back from injury. But thank God that the Red Sox rotation is, is starting to look a little bit normal and you know, the Sox aren't having to rely so much on these pitchers from Worcester who have a lot of lack of experience and uh, have been really getting hit up a lot over these last few weeks uh, as they've been filling in for some of these injured pitchers. But it'll be nice to see some of these guys starting to come back from the injured list uh, as we've seen this depth chart just be picked apart from injuries and COVID-19. But uh, going into our last and final segment of the Locked On Red Sox podcast, uh, make sure to bet on the Red Sox against the Yankees. You never know what's going to happen. So the number one spot for you to do that is betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. And they also have great, all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news uh, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. And it's the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on your latest favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that online where the game starts. So going into this final segment of the Lockdown Red Sox podcast, I want to do a little bit of a mental health minute, especially with, uh, you know, Things starting to get busy with, with um, you know, July winding down kind of crazy that we're already at the end of July. Um, side note real quick, I don't know about you, but it seems like after July 4th, everything just flies by. I don't know why. Sort of weird. But um, take that time to go outside and relax. You know, one of my favorite things, quite honestly, is uh, when I don't have to worry about anything. When I'm able to just go out in nature, you know, disconnect from my phone, just breathe in the fresh air, focus on my breath, and not have to worry about absolutely anything. So take that time uh, to have that self-care time, spend time with family or spend time with yourself, go outside um, and really have that quiet time alone uh, and be able to have that relaxation. Give that to yourself. You know, there's a lot of people that think you got to go, go, go all the time. Uh, but it's so important to take that break and, and you know, that self-care time as well. But um, as always, greatly appreciate everybody tuning into the Locked On Red Sox podcast. If you have not yet, uh, make sure to subscribe, whether it's on YouTube or whatever audio platform that you're listening to. We want to thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. We'll make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is your prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. 
It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Do you know what's also free? Following Lockdown Red Sox on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox. You can also follow myself on Twitter. It's at Jake Iggy, as well as my co-host, Lauren. It's La 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 with three laws, Lauren with four R's. But we greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, we'll end it how we always end it. Let's go Sox. Peace.